0: This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast. Show
1: 166. The opportunity is out there for everybody, so whether you know you're 50 years old or 15 years old, get in that environment, get in that space.
2: You're listening
3: to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing, without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing
4: online.
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, fresh from my sunny vacation in Hawaii. Were and you? I'm excited to bring oh. my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, man? How's work been? Well, I've been traveling the world and You know, sunning and snorkeling and things. Yeah, you've
3: been doing all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. I even jumped out of an airplane. Oh, oh wait, that's right. That was me. Oh, that's.
0: that's Uh, You were in Denver in like the cold and stuff, you know? It's been like 60, 70, 75 and sunny on like, you know, Podunk, Washington. But Um, yeah. yeah, So you were in.
3: I was in Hawaii, Kauai, yeah. Wow! And I jumped out of an airplane, like you saw. I called you snorkeling. I Actually, called Josh on Skype while I was snorkeling. So here,
0: here's a story, folks. I'm literally (laughs) sitting here at work, you know, doing what it is I do to help serve you, the listeners of the podcast, you, the audience of Bigger Pockets, and working with my peers. And and I get a Skype call, and I answer the Skype call, and and uh, I I think we have a picture, and we'll we'll probably go share the picture. It's on my Facebook. Yeah, you could throw it. You could throw it on the show notes notes page. page. Yeah, yeah. And it's Brandon. And it's Brandon wearing a snorkeling mask with no shirt on, which, by the way, is not a, a sexy a, a thing image that Watch you out. guys really care to see. <laughs> but uh, he's like, Hey, Josh, what's up, man? I'm in Hawaii. Check out the sharks by my feet. <laughs> and he dips his phone under and spins it around. And you can see all these sharks swimming around him. They're fish. Uh, and They're it fish, was Josh. fish. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for making me feel good about no myself. No I, problem. I mean,
3: that was that was awesome. You know, I invited you with, and you were like, "No, I hate Hawaii, and I hate vacation." And I was like, "Okay, well, whatever."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, welcome back. This is our Thank first you. show in, in weeks, and it's well, first show that we're recording in weeks. And yeah, yeah. It's good to good to have you back, man. Thanks. It's good to be back. It's and bad. and by the way, you, you did jump out of an airplane with a kid on the way, mind you. <laughs>
2: Uh, you know, I,
5: I,
0: I, I'm like an old Jewish mother. You know, yeah, like,
5: Brandon, what are you doing?
0: He puts on Facebook, like, I'm about to jump out of a plane. Everybody, pray for me, and and Ben, ben Labovich and I. Jump on his Facebook wall and just start yelling at him. Like, <laughs> Don't do what it. on earth are you doing? Like, I survived. You should have done that before your wife got yep. pregnant.
3: Yeah. Yep. Well, I figured now, some, if I did die, she could carry on, you know, she wouldn't be alone. Oh, get so. all that
0: life insurance money. Exactly. Yet. She'd be loaded and it would be great. So <laughs>
3: cool. Well, was it fun? It was fun. It was uh, exhilarating. Yeah. I think everyone should jump out of a plane and uh, yep. most of them uh, should have parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is a today's show is. Fantastic! It's oh, one of the yeah. longest shows we've done, but I trust me, you guys listen to the end. I mean, everything from starting out when you're, I mean, struggling. I mean, he had a rough start getting your first deal. The talk, his talk about funnels and like oh, him yeah. knowing his numbers will change your business forever. I guarantee it. And yep. if it doesn't, How to I find will deals, I don't know. some
0: ideas that we yep. probably haven't talked about before. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really a cool whole stuff. load of new things in the show. Yeah. Uh, and so- he's only twenty
3: seven. I mean, this guy oh, yeah. is. A rock star. You guys are going to love it. So.
0: And and let me just add to it. I mean, he's a guy who came in and, you know, we talk about it in the beginning. We talk yep. about it at the end. Uh, you know, he did not uh, start things off well for himself. Uh, you know, high school, college, you know, made some serious mistakes yep. and completely turned his life around. And, you know, so if you're somebody who's like, uh, you know, things aren't going great for me. I don't know how I'm going to do it. This is a show that will absolutely get you motivated if you're a newbie, this will get you motivated. If you've been doing this for a while and you're like, oh, how do I take my business to the next level? This yep. will get you going. And if you've been doing it forever and you're, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I'm cruising along. This will give you some tips that you probably didn't think about. Yeah. Uh, so this show is unbelievable. Um, but before we get to it, let's let's kind of take care of some business. First off, quick. We're, that's kind of a quick tip. Yeah. This is a not so quick <laughs> really quickly, let's let's start with podcasts. We just took our podcast and launched it as a video podcast. Yeah. So, you know, the, the podcast is already on YouTube, but some people want to consume podcasts on iTunes as a video podcast. So if you do, go on iTunes, go to the video podcast and look for bigger pockets. We're top ranked in, in business and investing. But check it out, listen to it. Um, If you are not a video podcast listener, still go check it out. Leave us a rating and review over there. That will help us get more visibility over there on the video podcast section of iTunes. Uh, Obviously, if you're a listener of the regular podcast, which you are because you can hear me, (laughs) uh, jump on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That would be awesome as well. You know what's cool about that? If
3: if people have like Apple TV, you know, sitting at home, they can actually watch. Josh and Brandon on their big, like 75 inch TV in their living room while they're eating uh, popcorn. Nice. Nice. Mm. So
0: I got to start putting some makeup on.
3: Yep. I know. So I can look like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. No, no we can get, sure. just get this pretty face just by. You, I, know, you know,
0: they do have monster makeup. <laughs> and that might help.
3: <laughs> that could help you. All right. next Next point of the quick tips today. Uh, we recently launched a book on taxes called The Book on Tax Strategies for the Savvy Real Estate Investor. A reminder, you guys have less than a month until tax time is over. So make sure you guys are doing your taxes. And if you want to get some good strategies before that, pick up a copy at biggerpockets.com
0: taxbook Awesome. And the final, final quick tip. This is actually our pro tip but this, this is, cool. is an everybody tip, but here's a, a cool little feature that we just built. There are lots of our power users who have just an enormous amount of connections on bigger pockets we've been getting uh requests and actually they started back. I will give credit where credit is due. will Bernard, one of our power users of many 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 years yep. uh, will asked years ago uh, for us to give them give you guys the ability to sort users by lists and Will, it only took us, you know, half a decade or so to, <laughs> to do this, but you can now do that. So um, why would you do that, Josh? Well, because if you've got a ton of of connections and you don't necessarily have any easy way to kind of organize them. So let's say I'm Brandon and I'm in Podunk, Washington, and uh, I want to create a list of other investors in Podunk, Washington. I want to create a list of private money lenders. I want to create a, uh, a list of cash buyers. buyers. Yeah. I want to create all sorts of lists. So I could segment all the people that I know into different lists. And then when I'm trying to go and figure out, you know what, I've got this deal. Who are the people that I want to market it to? Or, you know, I'm looking for cash. Who should I hit up? It just makes it easier to find the folks that you're looking to find. So I love it. Uh, it's built in. Go on, go on the site. Uh, we'll actually link in the show notes to a, a little post yep. uh, that that walks you through it. And um, that is the not so quick, quick tip. And you do need <laughs> to be a pro, by the way, to to use the list feature. Uh, to find out more about going pro, check out biggerpockets.com/pro. There
2: you go. All right.
3: Let's yep. uh, let's get this. Let's, let's get the show on. What's the show on the road? Is that the phrase? I was gonna say, let's get the show on the boat. Let's get this
0: show on the boat. Get off your Hawaii <laughs> mindset. Come on. <laughs> All right, guys. Today's guest is Matt Atchison. Oh, you know, we probably should ask how to say his last name. It's yeah, I think Atch- that's right. I think that's right. Atchison. Matt, Matty, Matthew, Matt Atchison. Um, Matt is a real estate investor in Northern California. Uh, who, as Brent, has been in the game for about five years now, and in that five years, he has built an incredible incredible business to be admired, doing tons of flips he 's got an investing business he 's got a real estate business, a uh, agent business, and he has a construction business, and we 're going to learn all about it. Why would somebody want to have all the three businesses uh, how he 's parlaying them, how he built them. And, and a whole lot more. So uh, listen up. There's a ton of info to come. And bust out a notebook, as you will probably need it today. Yep. Uh, so let's bring him on. All right, Matt. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, guys.
3: Awesome. We should have fun today. I think we're going to talk a lot about uh, real estate. I think that's usually what we talk about. Does that sound good?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be uh, our normal topic of choice. I think for all of us. All right. Good right, deal. We Matt can talk about some else. problems
0: over there with his with <laughs> the microphone collapsing. Yes.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay, we got this. All right, well, let's talk about real estate then. Maybe before we do, let's talk about before real estate. Let's talk about your story. What happened before real estate? When did you get into this game? What were you doing before it? And uh, how did you uh, kind of get into your first deal?
1: Yeah, so I'll kind of rewind a little bit. I really started getting dragged to real estate investing conferences with my mom when I was like 12, 13, 14, back when the thirty, forty dollars 40000 a pop um, coaching programs were out there, and they were, you know, kind of that taboo of become rich overnight and this yep. and that. And so, at a young age, I was pretty much exposed to that entrepreneurial environment, and I had kind of that bug planted in me at an early age. And uh, decided, hey, that sounds pretty rad. I, I think, you know, I could do that eventually. My mom was the one who paid for the coaching courses, and then she would, you know, go back to her day job like most people do. I mean, they, they go to those things, get extremely inspired, want to do what those people up there are doing, yet they're not really willing to or, do what they saying
0: takes. that they do, by the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> one of the things that um, I was blessed with was the opportunity to at least have access to that knowledge. So, she had all that stuff, she put it on her bookshelf, and uh, I was going in there reading it. And I was experiencing some trouble sometimes in my life where, and this is all part of my story. I openly share it. It's what I speak on sometimes. And, um, I was expelled from my high school, so I didn't, um,
0: did we vet this guy by the way?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just be what careful. The hell, man. Right. There's Uh-oh. some stuff going on that, uh, so I was expelled from my high school and was basically going to a continuation high school, Um, I, at the time, was a 4.0 student, making some poor choices, though, hanging with the wrong environment, tribe, group of people, and um, I ended up getting through that, and I had a a real estate investor say, look, man, you're charismatic, you have some of the intangibles, but you need to get yourself around a good peer group and expose yourself to some of the skills and knowledge that you need in order to become successful, and real estate was that thing that I just always kept going back to, and so I went through, uh, got Somehow worked my way into UC Santa Barbara, had all that previous stuff expunged off my record, and I ended up making the exact same identical mistake that got me expelled (laughs) from my high school, and I got arrested and was facing a felony injury. And a lot of that was, that was basically what I like to call my O moment, where I was evaluating who I was going to be, what I was going to do, what kind of legacy I was going to leave behind, how the heck I was even going to pay for my bills and debt and all that kind of stuff. And um, that one phone call that I made was to my dad and he basically said, Hey, you know, I know you're a great human being. I know what you want to do, but your video is not matching your audio. And you need to make some choices in your life and, and think about where you wanna go, but just know your past doesn't have to equal your future. And so I did some very intense life auditing and a lot of that came back to my environment, some of the influences I was spending time with and um, I immediately got a job the next day working for an investment company that was doing real estate investments and retirement investing. And so I started getting geared towards this idea of numbers and um, buy low, sell high, and you know all these terms that you hear, but starting to get some tangible experience with it. And so I worked there for three years, got mentored by a very smart gentleman, and um, decided that I wanted to graduate, move back to my hometown, and start my real estate investing uh, company and my traditional real estate team, and so I started those both simultaneously. And um, my very first deal, I ended up uh, getting through kind of a bird dogging network. Um, I bought it for seventy five thousand, put twenty into it, and sold it for two hundred. And at the time, mm. I had no idea what that actually wow. meant or how great that was. And um, that kind of put me—I I don't want to say on the map, but it put me out there um, in the investing networks with people that were players. And so I got my start really, um, wholesaling and finding deals for other people. And I just happened to land a great one for myself and never looked back from there. Wow.
0: That's a, uh, that's a pretty good way to start the, uh, the, uh, yeah, $105,000, uh, profit deal. You that's know, that's yeah. what I'm
1: told. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all
0: right. Hey. That's all right. Um, so I, you know, it's fascinating, fascinating start and, and, um, I think I'm not alone in saying I'm. I'm happy you made a, a life-altering decision uh, after facing well. whatever it is you were facing that felony charge for, and I don't really care to know. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's awesome. I I, I want to circle back to the period of time when your mom was dragging you to these conferences. Um, I'm just curious. You know, if we, we've got lots of folks here who have kids, you know, I I wonder. Uh, certainly, that influenced you. So, you know, would you recommend? You know, I don't know if you have kids or not, uh, uh, irrelevant, but, you know, would you recommend parents take their kids to their local investor club meetings to, you know, to, to things like that? Do, do you think that they absorb that knowledge by, by going there, or was it just because your mom was also doing other stuff in real estate where you absorbed it?
1: No, I, absolutely. Well, so my mom's not in real estate whatsoever, has okay. never bought. And flipped a house on her life. So light. she
0: never did anything. Okay.
1: Never did anything. Um, okay. and I truly feel extremely blessed that I was exposed to that at a young age. And if I had a nickel for as many times as I heard someone say, man, if I would have done that when I was your age, yep. I'd have a nickel. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I, I'd, have, I'd have a lot of money, but yeah, yeah. I, I, there's so many people where I feel extremely grateful now. I didn't know what I didn't know back then, but being exposed to that as a young teen and starting to get this this money mindset and how to build wealth through real estate, um, now knowing what I do know, man, I mean, if I have a 16-month-old daughter and uh, I'm already excited for taking her to my projects and getting her in this kind of entrepreneurial environment where um, there's opportunity to be had and for her to see what that's like, um, the opportunity is out there for everybody. So. Whether, you know, you're 50 years old or 15 years old, get in that environment, get in that space and let people start dripping and and really sharing that information with you. Because for me, it shortened up the learning curve significantly to where I do feel because I started at such a young age, I am where I'm at at 27 now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I, I had another question you you talked about your traditional real estate team. I'm assuming you mean uh, you have uh, a license and this is your uh, realtor business, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I have um, I don't operate haven't operated as a quote unquote realtor for over two years now. Um, I have a team of six agents. Uh, my business partner, Rachel, runs our traditional real estate team, so she's kind of the rainmaker face of our real estate company on the traditional side. And then I have my investment company, which is a completely separate entity and employees and organization um, that operates kind of simultaneously. Working together with the two. So, we buy through the the real estate team. We relist through the real estate team. Um, We refer over a lot of leads that necessarily don't work for a cash offer to the real estate team. So, generating revenue, uh, I call it my ecosystem. Um, They all work together within this ecosystem. And I had a construction company as well. So, trying to find ways to generate profits and revenue within this ecosystem, it's kind of like the Warren Buffett model, right? Is um, you get the main funnel. And then once you get them in the funnel, there's six other you know, revenue opportunities to generate off of that model. So that's kind of what I'm building and, and my long term vision is for this. But uh, the real estate team has kind of been our foundational piece for um, servicing all those leads at a high level.
0: Um, awesome. I know Brandon's got a bunch of stuff that he wants to dig into. Uh, you know, I, I don't wait. know why we listen to him, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's, I, I'm blessed to have this guy who talks next to me, and you know, it oh, is what it is. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, I, I, I was being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I was gonna um,
1: say before the show, you guys were ready to freaking jump through the video screen and kill each other. So <laughs> yeah, all, you know, in, all in love, all in love.
0: It's, it's all part of the show, man. It's all part of the show. All right, so I mean. We, we've talked to a bunch of people who've kind of tried to do the vertical integration. They've got the realtor business. They've got the investment business. You've taken it one further, added this construction business. It sounds like you're the type of guy who's going to go and just add every little layer and really build this completely vertically integrated entity that covers all aspects of the buying, selling, renovation, you know, staging. You'll have a staging business next. I mean, so on and so forth. Um, how... Um and and obviously we'll kind of get back to how you got to where you are today, but how has uh, how does that help you? You know, I, I obviously you make money, but you know, ha, how does everything kind of flow into each other? Um, is does that make it a lot more complicated? Is it harder? Is it easier? Just kind of fill me it's in easy. on, on doing yeah,
1: that. Yeah, it, it's a great question, and uh, it's definitely easier, and I feel it allows me to operate at a much higher integrity level because I'm never just laying one option out on the table. It's always, here's how we can help you with the landscape that we've created. Here's option A, B, C. And you can have conversations with people based on what their needs are, their motivation is to help them achieve that goal. So if that's taking a cash offer with my investment company and we flip their house, then great. That's what we're going to do. If that cash offer doesn't work for you, no problem. I need to get you in contact. I I take it you're going to be interviewing other realtors to help you net highest and best dollar for this house, which for your situation and circumstance sounds like the best thing for you and your family. I want to introduce you to Rachel and feel free to interview as many people as you want because Rachel's very confident in, in our approach and how we do things. But then I get her in touch with, start having the conversation and bring them through the realtor door. Or if it's, hey, you want to remodel your house yourself, I can help you consult on this. We can get you into this price range and help you market your house for highest and best dollar with these comps This is the construction side of what you're going to need to do from it. So it's either cash as is, investment company. It's we help you do the construction and consult with you, construction company, investment company, construction company. And the third is if that doesn't work for you, we always try and end it up at the traditional real estate side.
0: Nice. So it really oh, yeah. gives us
1: it gives us more options and it gives people, instead of feeling like they're being steered in one direction, which some investors can say, hey, here's my cash offer. Take it or leave it. You got four, 48 hours to accept it, whatever it may be. It's, hey, let me give you an A, B, and C. You compare apples to apples to apples and figure out what makes the most sense for you. And if that's something that includes one of my companies, then we are going to provide you with the Ritz-Carlton of real estate service.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So how – how, uh, you're 27. How long have you been uh, doing this? Well, you said you were in college, so you're probably uh, 22. What, eight years.
1: Yeah. 22. I graduated when I was, uh, 22. Um, and so I've been doing this since, uh, basically 2012, So five
0: years and five years yep. you've gone yep. from nothing to wherever you are today. Let, let, let's talk about that really quickly. So you've got all these businesses that are all kind of serving the same funnel, the same purpose. Um, how how much business are you doing uh b- between the different like your investment business uh yeah. your your agent business and the construction business.
1: Yeah our traditional real estate team uh we do just shy of 40 million a year um we're looking to pump that up over 50 55 this year um right around 125 transactions a year and then our investment company anywhere from 20 to 35 flips a year depending on what you know where the market's at um, okay. And those are flips. I also do buy and hold. I have, oh, I have eleven rentals, so it's not like it's a massive portfolio, but I'm continuing to look for passive income opportunities to, you know, growing my portfolio with, um, you know, with that in mind. And then uh, construction-wise, you know, uh, through our flip company, we did, you know, basically one point four, one point five in construction volume at a twenty percent profit margin. You can do the numbers there. So that's why we started saying, okay, well. We're re- referring out a lot of business. Let's let's jump into that as well. And so one of the things I think a lot of people, and this was something I did myself, was, you know, how do I get there? How do I do what that guy's That's doing?
0: That's the question, yeah. Right?
1: And um, I'm a—I'm definitely, I'll be the first to say I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, I'm not the fastest, smartest, strongest. Um, but I'm really good at modeling people. And I'm really good at modeling people who are doing things at a very high level. I'm a big believer in don't reinvent the wheel. Um, and I'm also not scared of failing. So along this journey, I've had, um, I like to call them majestic failures. Other people will call it crashing and burning, whatever you want it to be. But um, for me, it's its extremely important to continue to try and to innovate and to learn. Um, so for me, I look at failure as just feedback. And it gives me that, that opportunity to pivot and pivot really fast. So um, I've had a lot of great mentors in these spaces where my real estate investing business, I modeled it after my mentor who was flipping 200 houses a year. My traditional real estate team, I modeled it after people doing a million in GCI in the, in, in the real estate team. So it's one of those things where I just found people doing it at a high level. And I really inserted my, myself into their life. And I did that by being a value and I worked for free for these people. I did it for education.
3: Let's talk about that nice. because, yeah, I mean, that's a topic that I'm, I'm a, I i am mean, both of us are big believers in that if you want to, you know, if you want to be like somebody You can don't someone, speak
0: for me, dude. But you think you know me?
3: <laughs> I'm going to speak for you right now. You said, <laughs> yeah. You've said this stuff before. All right. So this idea that like, if you want to become like somebody, go and provide value. I love that you said the value. Like, yeah. like, can you expand on that a little bit? And like, what does that mean for somebody who's listening to this show right now, who is maybe looking to get started in real estate? They want to be like you or they want to be like me or Josh. And like, how do they go from that to that what does that look like
0: like mike
1: yeah yeah, be like mike yeah for me um what i did was i i first i navigated the landscape and did my research on who are the players you know who do i want to be like if someone's flipping 200 houses a year but they have no integrity and don't do it ethically i don't I don't want to model after them. I'm not just after it for the money. I'm after it for, this is a long-term game for me. So it's always been the crockpot mentality versus the microwave mentality of like that quick fix or scenario that um, will get me what I needed. So I found someone, uh, fortunately, who was flipping over 200 houses a year with a hedge fund. And I said, well, how can I get into her world? Well, I can help them make money. That's always a good thing for a hedge fund. So I started wholesaling them deals. And um, I also offered to do running. I offered to um, help evaluate the deals you know, and underwrite them. So I, I basically things where where's the gap or where's the void that I could help make their system or their life easier. And that's what I did. So, for example, I just hired on a new intern and this guy has been following up with me for a year and a half and saying, hey, I just want to learn from you. How can I help? I'll work for free. And Eventually, we went through an interview process, and I brought him on. So for me, it was kind of cool to see it come full circle because that's what I've always done for other people, and I think that's what people who truly have the right mindset of growth and learning in a space that you necessarily aren't the expert in is, how can I go? I mean, if you're going to go pay a college $40,000 to get a piece of paper, why would you not go work for somebody else for free and get that same education but have an opportunity to make some money in the process? So true.
0: R- really quickly, uh, so what you're what you're finding, and and I'm being very pointed in asking this because one of the most asked questions on Bigger Pockets is, well, how do I, you know, how do I get somebody to 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 let me learn from them? How do I get them? You know, it sounds like what you're saying is you've got to be proactive, you've got to take the initiative, you've got to find a way, find an angle, hustle. And stay on top of it, and just push, push, push. If you're going to be sedentary, you're going to fail. At least I would think you are. Um, is is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you just summed it up in in those you know three four sentences. Is in order to be of value, you have to be present. You got to show up, and you got to be relevant. Two, you got to be innovative. You know, someone who you usually get a no for the first five or six times, and it's that seventh or eighth time where you're like, okay, all right, this guy's kept showing up. You know what? I'm ready now. Here you go. So being relevant and showing up is important. And I also think um, making sure that you know what you're talking about. You know, it's one of those things where you don't have to know everything, but you have to be willing to have, one, a baseline knowledge, educate yourself, read books, learn, you know, what you guys are doing on Bigger Pockets is you guys are equipping everybody to have the knowledge they need and sometimes once you have that knowledge now it's taking it that step further is let's step up to the plate let's get in the game right like put me in put me in the you know in the game coach I'm ready and you don't have to know everything but you at least got to step up to the plate and find a way to add value to these people in order to get in their world because they're not going to pour into you if they don't see those qualities or um, that attitude or mindset in you because it doesn't necessarily require the actual skill set. The skills can be taught. It's those other intangible things that I think are important for finding a mentor.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's so true. Well, cool. Can I can I ask where are you located, where are you invested in? Just we have an, a, a frame. Yeah,
1: so I'm in Northern California. I mean, I've okay. invested all the way in San Jose and the crazy Bay Area market to Red Bluff. I mean, as far north in California as you can go. But my main hub is uh, a tri-county area around Sacramento, California.
3: Okay. Okay, nice. cool. Yep. So let's let's go back a little bit and talk about going from that. I mean, you, you started wholesaling deals for this hedge fund, uh, so you're finding good deals. Then you, I mean, now today you've got this big team. Can you kind of walk us just briefly through that, through that story? How did you get from, you know, just doing a few deals wholesaling to actually having a big team?
1: Yeah, so I was sleeping on my dad's couch um, between my bedroom and the couch uh, after I moved back from college. And I was obsessively focusing on how to become a better real estate investor and to learn more. And um, when I, after I found my first deal, uh, I had a little bit of a cash inflow. I was in debt, so I had to pay off a lot of debt. And then um, I had a little bit of money left over. And you, know, you hear that cliched statement of you find the deal and the money will follow. And I, and I believe that to be true in many scenarios, not in all but i had that mentality of i kind of didn't know what i didn't know at the time and i said i'm just going to go find and hunt down and bird dog and door knock as many deals as i possibly can and i have a somewhat of a biased approach to wholesalers in our market there's a lot of wholesalers that i don't feel like one know how to underwrite a good deal to operate with the necessary integrity for giving wholesalers a good name. But the good wholesalers that are out there do a great job and they make a lot of money at it. So that's what I wanted to do. And I started modeling after being a good wholesaler, a guy in our market. And I I just started doing that. And then I started generating some more cash flow, cash flow. And then I saw how much money I was making all these hedge funds. And I was like, dude, I got to figure out how to do this for myself. And so basically, my limiting belief was, well, I don't have the money for it. And after being in the game long enough to where I had some experience, I started building up the network and the resources and the people, um, the the money opportunities started coming up a little bit more. So I started flipping houses and I did eight my first year. I did 20 the next year, 35 the next year. This year I'm hoping to do, you know, my goal is 50. Our market's tightening up a little bit. So um, it's getting a little bit harder to find those deals. So we'll shift a little bit and see what we got to do. but
0: That's pretty serious, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So, just so I'm correct geographically, you are in the state of Jefferson, correct? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, (laughs) depending on uh, where you're at, you go 10 minutes north, and there's a lot of people uh, that would say, yes, you are in the state of Jefferson. For those people who are are unliberal.
0: Who are unaware there there is a secession movement and has been for a long time in parts of northern california uh, uh, for a long time and and they are yes. uh, they they've created the state of Jefferson. If you actually go through, there are signs uh, in in parts of the state of Jefferson, which is northern california <laughs> uh, fa- fascinating, fascinating part of the country. Uh, anyway, so that is an aside. Um, you talked about uh, the wholesalers, and you talked about, you know, most, have, you know, a, a lot don't have the integrity, and a lot just can't cut it for for certain reasons. I, I just wanted to ask for for those people listening. A lot of people think about getting into wholesaling, and mm-hmm. and I I like to preach on this. I get preachy on a few things. Uh, being you know, somebody with integrity is obviously essential. So. What makes a good wholesaler versus the folks who are douchey, or, you know, if, if that's yeah, a good way to separate no, it's, the two? That's
1: a great way. <laughs> to say it. I mean, a lot of wholesalers out there are, in my opinion, you know, they give that used car salesman name to wholesalers and yeah. they do it for a couple of reasons. Is one, you know, they're not underwriting the deals the way the deals should be underwritten, they are always stretching. And I get it, right? There's like that fine line of, I got to make a little bit of money in this process, and it just being a crappy deal, and you're just trying to sell someone a used bag of goods. Yeah. And that's what I see a lot of wholesalers doing, and they take advantage of because I, I mean, you look at the landscape five, 10 years ago for flipping, it's completely different. Like, everybody is now like, Yeah, I'm a flipper. Oh, okay, yep. cool. How many do you do? Oh, I did one. Oh, great. Okay. So, you know, everybody considers themselves an investor in a flipper now, which I love that. It's great. But they, those are the people that also get taken advantage of by the slimy wholesalers that are not underwriting the deals correctly. They have crappy comps. They didn't really you know, get a good scope of work and have a good contractor bid on it. So they're, they're, not, they're leaving it up to you to do all the due diligence, whereas the great wholesalers, they provide over an awesome package. And you usually see the great wholesalers is they're not wholesaling to 50, 60, 100, 200 people on their list. They have five people that they go to that they know one of those people is going to be consistent and performing and is going to know that what they bring to them is a good deal. And so when I think of great wholesalers is they have their network, but they have their starting five that they always go to. And that's what I did. I had my starting five that I always ran deals by, and I never, ever had to go outside into that buyer's list because – my starting five knew what I was putting in front of them was a good deal. And one of them always bought that opportunity. Yep. That's all awesome. it
0: and, and that's why we built, you know, we built the bigger pockets calculator suite for, for this kind of reason alone that's is, amazing. Uh, you know, we want, we want people, we, we recognize that there are people that aren't going to give you the good numbers and aren't going to necessarily help you. And so it, it is important for the new flippers, you know, the guys who haven't done a million deals to, to really understand it. And so uh, you know, we, we've got a wholesaling calc, a flipping calc, a buy and hold calc. I think it's biggerpockets.com slash calc where you can go in there and and evaluate, run the numbers. And if there's numbers missing, you you know, from what we ask you to put in, you know something's missing. Go yeah. ahead and add, hit them back and find out what's missing and why. Yeah, And then you can find out, hey, is this guy trying to pull the wool over my eyes or, or what? But what? that's just... One kind of cool Ever. thing.
3: Well, one kind of cool thing about the calculator that very few people know about. Um, you know, we have the flipping one and we have the rental one, which I we use all the time. I use them all the time on webinars, and I'm always showing people how to use them. Uh, but the wholesaling one, which is not it's not the most popular one because there's not a lot of wholesalers compared to rental people. But in that calculator, there's actually the option to be able to choose either to you're going to sell it to a flipper or you're going to sell it to a landlord. So the idea is you go in there, and if you want to sell it to a guy who you know is going to flip, you can create a report just for that guy, uh, which is kind of a cool thing. So if people have not checked it out, make sure you guys check it out today pretty cool
1: yeah i mean i love by having those tools right you're just positioning yourself as a more credible resource and and that's going to get you closer to those top five people that are going to be your you know your raving fans and trust me i mean in any market i'm sure you guys know you know who the players are in your market you know who kind of the blacklisters are the shady people you know who the amazing ones are so it's like I want to be aligned with the best of the best and birds of a feather flock together. That's like one of my sayings. It's just like whether it's masterminding, if you want to be a great husband, then go hang out with five other great husbands. If you want to be a great dad, you know, same kind of thing in real estate. It's if you want to be aligned with the best and you got to find the best and add value to the best, and eventually you're going to become one of their, in their peer group. And so I find that that's how I kind of worked my way up was I started as wholesaling And then a lot of the people I was selling to, I started becoming peer to peer with them and some of my mentors I've surpassed. And at the same time, I still go to them for information. I still do business with them. So there's a way to get from the bottom to the top always, but there's also a strategy to it. And just like you're baking a cake. You don't go into baking a cake blindly. You have the recipe. You know what ingredients you need. And then there's a little bit of you know magic in the fingertips of you adding your own flavor to that process. But at the end of the day, there's a formula. And follow the formula. Don't stray from it. And learn from the people who have done it before you because success leaves clues. That model is there for a reason. And that's kind of what I attribute a lot of my success to. Is I'm not the yeah. smartest, sharpest. I am just a good modeler.
0: But, by that. the way, really quick, um, the the – you know t- you talking about like you know you you try to be this ethical guy and all this stuff and 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 I love that but you know if those of you listening you're like uh, yeah maybe I am kind of a little maybe I'm that guy that's not doing the greatest <laughs> job like you know that's okay you know oh, yeah. but but recognize it and and if you recognize it i will tell you that we have this is our 166th interview for the podcast i've spoken to hundreds and hundreds and that probably thousands and thousands of investors over the years and the ones who make it the ones who survive the ones who have a long-term winning uh strategy are 100% the ethical ones the ones who are shady uh, they are run out of the industry because they screw somebody over. They do something bad, and they do not survive. You know one in a once once in a blue, somebody's gonna make it, you know, and but they're gonna just keep burning bridges until there's nothing left. You've got to run this business correctly. You have to because word spreads like wildfire. If you're screwing people over or just doing bad deals or offering bad deals. Um, so be self-evaluative. if you're the guy who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I keep kind of, you know, getting these less than good deals and I'm trying to burn new investors with them. Well, don't do that. Get better deals. And if it takes a little bit longer, let it take a little bit longer. But, you know, if you want to play the game, play it right and play for for, play the long game.
1: Yeah. And investing is seasons, too. You know, I think of it as there's some seasons where I'm way slower than I'd like to be. But that doesn't mean I stray away from my criteria just to start making money. Or to yeah. pull the wool over someone's eyes, you know. You, if you operate within your foundational and moral integrity, opportunity will present itself, and the great people always know how to capitalize on it. But don't start straying from your criteria to make a buck.
3: Yeah, awesome. I Love it. Love it. Well, let's talk about what are you doing today? I mean, you mentioned earlier you've done like th- your your goal is 50, 50 flips. I mean, is, are you doing wholesale sales at all flips? Buying a little rental? How's that all work breakdown?
1: Yeah, right now it's. Um, no more wholesaling. It's been uh, been all flipping, just to continue to generate more cash. Because um, I do think, and and this is me getting on my my soapbox for a second, is I think the market's going to shift in twelve to twenty four months. I mm-hmm. think we have a great window right now, so I'm putting the pedal to the metal and trying to generate as much cash as possible. Um, and then you know I want some liquidity. So when the market shifts and we go back to a distressed market, um, I'm doing some different things with a website and a couple other you know technology plays that will hopefully. Uh, position me to be one of those players for generating distressed leads so I can capitalize on some of those opportunities. But anything that cash flows, um, I'm always taking a look at uh, because, you know, cash flow is king and um, passive income at the end of the day is the real secret of the rich. And um, I want to continue to generate those opportunities. But flipping is one of my main focuses right now. And and that's kind of where I play in my passion zone.
3: Okay. Well, I want I want to dive into that a little bit then, because you know, some guy made a comment the other day to me. They said, "Yeah, you know, the last few episodes of the podcast have been great for motivation, but I want to get some more. I want to get some more concrete things. So I want to dive in right now and ask you some concrete things. Do it. Yeah, some real details. So first of all, what are you doing right now? What's working for you to find deals? Like, what's the what's the the secret to your deal finding?
1: Yeah. So um, my bread and butter has always been my direct mail. So, I send out about four thousand pieces a month um I'd say my conversion is about three to four percent, which is on average pretty pretty good a little bit above average. That's your call uh, like
3: the people who call you back three to four percent
1: correct okay yep yep and then um you know i'm I'm basically closing anywhere from three to four deals right now a month, and uh, bread and butter has been the direct mail campaign. Um, Diversification a little bit, obviously having my real estate team, being in real estate networks, investment association networks. um, I've slowly positioned myself to being a more credible buyer. So people are bringing me deals. I have bird doggers bringing me deals. Um, And what I'm shifting to because of the landscape and where I think things are going over the next 10, 20 years is I'm really looking to position myself heavily in the online space. Um, So we have uh, a website right now that is just kind of our our beta, um, very basic landing page, which is myfastcashsale.com. Anybody can check that out and just kind of see it's a basic We Buy Ugly Houses type model for generating distress listings. But we're doing pay-per-click, and we're also using some Facebook, uh, some Periscoping. We're doing a lot of testing in the different online mediums that people are now engaging with to find their resource for making a decision in home selling. So we still know that you know 80% of people who have used 80 plus percent of people who have bought or sold a house have done through by referral. Um, But we're starting to see an increase in this online space. And it's still a very, very new space where they don't have a ton of data on it. And I think Uh, we will see a major shift and disruption in that process with real estate agents and how real estate investors become become, um, kind of more of an alternative source for people to get their needs met um, in a shorter period of time without less gatekeeping and uh, a much simpler process.
3: Okay, and do I, I like that a lot, by the way. I like think technology, like being able to look ahead and see where things are going, where the market's going, where buyers are going, where sellers are going, I think is just super, super valuable. So, on the direct mail mar- direct mail <coughs> marketing though, do you have a favorite list that you're sending to? Are you absentee owners? Do you have some other secret thing that you like to use?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't have a a big, you know, silver bullet for that. For me, um, I'm sure, I don't know if people have heard of Rebo Gateway or a couple of these. uh, There's title companies that have all these different things that help you really niche down on what your criteria search is and who you want to market. So for me, absolutely. Just standard lists always going out to absentee owners. I mean, there's always turnover for people not wanting to be a landlord anymore, one of their tenants tore up their property. They don't have the cash for it. Uh, that's just a, a constant, consistent lead source. Um, attorneys and business to business has been a good one. So we utilize our traditional real estate company uh, to say, hey, you know, we want to help you grow your business. What does your ideal client look like? Probate attorneys, divorced attorneys, estate planning attorneys. Those are the ones that I've found. have uh, I buy maybe five to seven a year from attorneys, and I'd like to vamp wow. that up. Um, and the nice thing, if anybody does have a retail side of their business, or if you don't, that's fine too, is getting in contact with those attorneys and say, Hey, let me help you build your business. What does your ideal client look like? Because in my line of business, I meet a lot of people that want to have the conversation of estate planning, or they might be going through a divorce and they don't know how to settle the situation or, you know, whatever the situation may call for, but, um, once we ask them how we can add value to their business, their last response is, well, what do you do? How can I help you? Uh, and yeah. I always say, well, at the end of the day, I mean, I know not every situation is going to meet this standard. And I buy houses for cash, no realtor commissions, no closing costs, no repairs, and we close on their time frame. So I know every once in a while, I'm sure you run into a situation that meets that criteria. All I'm asking is that I have an opportunity to check it out. See if I can get an offer that would meet their needs. Is that something that would work for you or your clients? And all the time they say, "Yeah, absolutely." It's never. It's never that shut the door on you. And then I—that I, was I, a very
0: salesy pitch, by the way. I gotta <laughs> tell you, you, know, like I—I I just wanted to hang up on you.
1: <laughs> In person, it's much more uh, authentic. I would say I'm just no, I'm kidding. kidding. that's
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic, and no, yeah. it's very good. It's not salesy. Yeah. It's just you know, it's point point uh, blank, and and I. I I can't imagine somebody to be like, "You scumbag, go away." Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's okay, adding, sure.
1: Adding value. I mean, just asking, "What's your ideal client look like? How can I help you? Here's what I do." And then I was in the conversation of, "Hey, do you have two or three other friends that are attorneys that this might be of value to them in their business?" And that's how we keep the chain of business to business going. So, my business partner Rachel is great at that on the retail side, and we've incorporated in on the investment side. So, that's been a good one. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for people that um, have owned before 1995 or newer for the most part on a lot of my direct mail campaigns. I want older houses that are going to have deferred maintenance, or I want people that have high equity, um, or I want people that have lived in the house for 15 or 20 plus more years.
0: Well, Why? 95 was 20 years ago. That's kind of a frightening fact, by the <laughs> way.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I, was it built in 95 or you're saying they owned it in 95 or newer?
1: Built 95 okay. or prior.
3: Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, And and that's just because uh, again they're they're not the old probably knob and tube. You're not dealing with weird like you know I don't know aluminum wire. You got nothing weird to deal with, right?
1: Well, no. I mean, I've bought houses where literally we found (laughs) 15 dead cats in it and a raccoon. And um, that was Brandon's (laughs) old house. (laughs) Knob (laughs) and tube. You know, I was wondering why it said Mr. Turner yeah, on an there, envelope there sitting go. in the in the fireplace. <laughs> but, hey, whatever. There you go. That's funny. Hey, I, my cats
3: are all living. Well, okay, I had one. I had one no longer living, but... <laughs> He's buried in the yard with a nice little plaque in front of him. All right. Oh, so you're
1: that guy. You buried your guy. animal in the yard. Oh
3: my gosh, in the yard, totally. That's I go so visit habit. it every couple days, and you know, I got I bring flowers <laughs> every day. I cry. We have, a, yeah, we have a yeah, we, we have a moment. I actually, moved from that house like right after the cat died, and now I'm like he's just over there with some other people. I feel so lonely. Oh, is you didn't it dig it up and
0: move it? No, you I know, didn't
3: dig it up and move it. So that this I'm not poor that person weird. owns
0: the house with the with the gravestone
1: in the
3: backyard with that's
1: kind of weird. Funny because I just bought a flip about two months ago and the woman who was the tenant living there she goes we didn't know this but we were going to plant flowers in our bed over here and her six-year-old son and her were planting flowers the previous owner buried their four dogs in that Uh planter bed (laughs) and they (laughs) dug up as they're trying to plant flowers four dead dogs oh and uh, I just thought that was it was too funny not to share
3: I buried mine in the woods all right I had some woods at the house we went out in the woods and did it.
1: yeah this was like track home small townhouse oh wow that's funny We uh, went for it right in the backyard
3: wow okay well good I like, I like that idea I mean I would like what's one thing in the future I would love to do is more newer houses but like I just put an offer on one last week that was 2006, which I'm hoping, I'm really hoping I get, but like every house in my area is like 1912, 1900, you know, like,
1: yeah. So, and we have a lot of that too. So that's why I'm doing 95 or, um, or back because I love getting the houses that are 95 to 2010 or 15 because it's just an easy cosmetic in and out, you know, kind of what you're getting yourself into. Whereas prior, um, There is definitely more opportunity for things to go wrong and there's more opportunity to to create margin for you as an investor because, you know, like in our investment company um, and construction company, a lot of the repair estimates that we get, we're doing for almost, you know, half or a third of what some of these contractors. So we use that as, you know, leverage based on the fact that we can keep it in-house. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, a, a lot more to deal with on those older homes, but that's where yeah. I find a lot of the opportunity is as as well. Sure.
3: Right up. And hey, what what is the typical price range you're dealing with on a flip like this? Uh, what do you buy I'm it usually, for, what do you sell it for?
1: Yeah, in my market I'm right around let's say an average of two hundred. Um anywhere from twenty to forty into it, we're probably exiting three twenty five to three forty five
3: okay now if you you're doing multiple of these deals every month obviously that's a lot I mean that's a lot of money every month I'm assuming you're not funding this out of just your your checking account right you're probably doing funding of some kind
1: I have private lenders so uh-huh. cool story actually for anybody that doesn't think they can find money through direct mail um, I actually sent a direct mailer to a gentleman who um, at the time I didn't know how many rentals he had but I ended up meeting with him to go give him a cash offer on his rental. The house was immaculate and beautiful, pride of ownership. These people take great care of their houses. And I walk in. He's kind of a old-school guy in his mid-60s, um, very blunt, candid, straight to the point, which I respect and appreciate that. And uh, I walk in there, and he goes, so how much are you going to pay me for it? And he kind of knew like the whole, like, you're not going to yep. you know give me the cash offer I want. So anyways, we ended up building rapport through that process. And um, long story short, I ended up selling on our retail side, him and his wife's, uh, we're about halfway through the rental portfolio, but we've sold about 14 of their rentals. And I started with $100,000 with them on private lending. And I'm up to about a little over 2 million with them right now. So they're one of my main private lenders that fund a lot of my deals. Um, but it was really cool to go into the situation of, he said he couldn't wait to get out of there as fast as he possibly could um and then we ended up having great conversation turned them into hey you know if you ever want to invest in one of these deals i have great opportunities here's the benefit to you guys and go into the private lending kind of pitch and um and ended up being a win win and they decided to liquidate all that to fund my deals i love that, and that i love that that
0: that's that's absolutely awesome the the private lending pitch um, yes. I, I think most people don't think about that they're just thinking you know I'm, you know i'm i'm going to uh, you know, focus on one thing. It looks like you're you're hitting like a, like we talked about in the beginning. Like every opportunity here, right? So, when are you offering that private lending pitch to whom? And you know what what is it? You know how do you do it in in a way that's not shady or you know yeah well, yeah how do you do it in a way that's not shady
1: yeah you know um I go back to being one confident in your services and own what you're doing is a true value and believing in that um, and. I call it the opportunity conscious, where um, we have a part of our brain that's called the reticular activating system, and it's called your RAS. And it's, you know, like when you, I'm sure, Brandon, when you found out your wife was pregnant, and then all of a sudden you feel like everybody's having babies, and you're yes. like, she's pregnant, and they're having a baby. And, you know, same thing, you buy a Prius, and all of a sudden you see a billboard for a Prius. It's just your mind is more open to, Kind of honing in on these opportunities when they're there. They're always there, but our brain is more turned on to them. So for me, my opportunity conscious is I'm, I'm constantly asking myself every single day of um, one of my, you know, my daily affirmations is I am a money magnet and I offer value to those around me. And so as cheesy as that sounds, I'm telling myself subconsciously every day that there's opportunity for money to come my way and for me to offer value to other people. So anytime I have a deal, You know, a lot of my deals now, I'm not putting any money into them. So I have a first and then I have someone coming in with a second and I'm offering you know people opportunity to generate way more money than you guys know, than you can get in any money market account um, with less risk, you know, something tangible tied to it, tax benefits. I mean, there's so many different things that you could go into by knowing your pitch. You can help alleviate any of their objections for one. And two, you're giving them a real opportunity to generate wealth without having to do any of the work. It's purely passive. Yeah. yeah. And so when you paint that picture of I can make you X amount of money and all you got to do is sit back and relax. Mind you, yes, you're trusting me. Yes, you're trusting in the service that I'm providing. And there's these safety nets in place to protect your money. If I decide to run off to Mexico tomorrow, you have recourse to that. Here's how we can protect your money, but here's how let's grow your wealth together. Let's all make this a win-win. And it's providing those opportunities and having those conversations and being more open to finding those conversations and having them um, has provided me with, I think I have two main private lenders and about 10 secondary lenders that fund majority of my deals to where probably one in six deals I bring money into the table on the second.
3: That's fantastic. Got I love it. it. I want I want to actually go a little deeper on that if we could. Uh, you mentioned just for people who don't understand how first and second mortgages work. What do you mean by, you know, when you you get somebody to do the first and somebody else to do the second so you don't have to bring any money. That sounds pretty good to most people not bringing money, but can you dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, you always see these advertising of be a real estate investor with zero money down, you know, and it's, and I was like, what the heck? Like, no, (laughs) I I don't know how to do that. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm actually doing this. And, (laughs) you know, I'm like surprising myself over here. And it's one of those things where just like you go to a bank. I'm going to, let's just use you, Brandon, for example. I'm going to Brandon and saying, hey, I have this deal. Here's how we underwrote it. Here's how much money I need. Here, and we have obviously agreed upon terms, but I'm basically getting 90% loan to value on the purchase price at 10% and two points on the back end. So those are the terms between you and myself, Mr. Bank. Then for the second opportunity, that 10% that I either need to come up with as my down payment or I can just create a second loan for it. And I'm going to offer Josh that opportunity to generate 10%, uh, I'm sorry, 12%. 15 to, Whatever, you Mr. <laughs> Negotiator over here, right? So it's one of those things where I will go and use my first lender. I will position my second and mar- married, marry those you know, those monies together to fund the entire deal. And my first lender is providing 100% of my construction. So that allows me to come to the table with basically no money and give opportunity to both my lenders. One, they're secured by the property. And two, I'm always making sure. It's one thing if I'm going to lose my own money. It's a whole other thing that I do not take lightly to lose somebody else's money. So when I evaluate these deals, if it's ever anything where I'm like, you know, even though I have this 15% mar- margin buffer and if the market shifts 6% and for some reason you know, my staging gets sol- stolen and there's another 2% and something else, whatever it is, if it's something where I feel it's a little bit risky, I'm putting my own money into the deal. If it's a home run, I am offering that up to as many people as possible because that's how you build your alliance. That's how you build your network. You give people the opportunity to make money, yeah. and now I don't really have to go raise money. I have more people saying, when's the next one? When can I invest with you? Or hey, my mom's got hundred k in her IRA. Can we invest in the next deal? So it's that's how you bring value, you bring opportunity to people, and you do it the right way. Um, that's when the opportunities start to pile up and compound.
3: Yeah, I love that. Yep. I, I, I pretty much everything you just said there. People should like hit rewind and listen to the last like thirty seconds over again. Yeah, I love. That. Didn't you write Very the cool. book on that? I wrote the book on investing with no and low money down. I did. However, I did not talk about though. I did not talk about that idea of using a first and then having somebody else come and use a second. Yep. So someday I'll have to write a version two of the book on Ooh. investing in real estate with no oh. and low money down. And we'll put that nice. one in there. I also didn't talk a lot about the Burr strategy, which I talk a lot about nowadays on BP, which is also another clever way to do it without a lot of money. But we'll get into that some other day.
0: Uh, I want to go uh, a little By more- By the way, yeah. biggerpockets.com oh, slash no you money. Slash no money if you want to yeah. buy that book. Checking or, out
3: the book. Yeah, and actually- yeah, uh, yeah, and if I could say, if you have read the book, if you've enjoyed it, uh, could you do me a favor and leave me an Amazon review? Go on Amazon, leave a review there if you if you bought the book and enjoyed it, or even if you didn't enjoy yeah. it, leave me a review. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, cool. Hey, All right. Before yeah. you, yeah. I yeah. know you want
0: to go on, but I, I have a really nope. important question. No, nope. nope. tough, nope. tough <laughs> Matt. <clears throat> I know where Brandon's going, and we are starting to run out of time. But I have a, a pretty important question, I think here. Uh, if I'm I'm a private money lender, I've got some cash, and I'm like, all right, you know, this guy Matt comes up to me, and he's 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 selling me this opportunity, right? I, presumably, you've built your you know, an ethical business, and you know you're somebody that can be trusted. But there are people that cannot, and and so, as a person who potentially is being approached. By by these folks, you know we've got lots of lots of listeners here who want to do private money that that want to lend their own cash out. How do I know that you're not shady? How do I vet you? Yeah, 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 you know what can I do to make sure you don't screw me? Run off to Mexico?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, question. first, first I know. and first and foremost. <laughs> That's why <I> interrupted you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is a good one. You know, and this, this is the conversation that I'm usually having with. Well, I, I don't have it as much anymore because I've just built up such a deep credibility with my lenders and my contacts. But at the end of the day, I mean, their money is secured by the property, first and foremost. So if I decide to run off to Mexico, you're foreclosing on me. You're getting a heavily discounted asset that I just bought to go make a lot of money. And now that's yours. So just be aware that you're in the game to lend money. You're also in the game potentially to own real property should I decide to default. Now, first and foremost, for me, my reputation means a lot to me, and I plan to be around a very long time. However, life shows up, and certain things could happen, and you just never know what could possibly go wrong. So, when I'm underwriting these deals, I'm underwriting them with a 50% or a 15% buffer for margin that I plan to take. Now, you're lending 90% of the as is value, not the repaired value. And you also have another additional 10% safety net. On top of my 15% margin, so you, we're looking at if the market shifts 25% in the next three to four months, then your money is still safe, and that's when we'll start dipping into that. I've never ever been in part, you know. So I, I go back to my experience and share, and at the same time, I also have a credibility packet. So I have What's case, I have case studies of actual deals, before and after pictures, so they can see what kind of quality product. I have me speaking at investment associations. And so basically, I'm positioning myself as a credible authority in the space that I have a track record. And if you don't, that's okay too. You can still provide enough knowledge and objection handlers in a packet to tell about your company. What's your, I call it my MVVBP, was what are my missions? What are my vision? What is my values? What are my beliefs and what are my perspectives in my company? And I can tell you just by reading someone's MVVBP, you can get to know a lot about them and what their goals are. And if those are in alignment with you or not, first and foremost, before you even have the next question or think about it, I call it the opportunity matrix, right? Like before I ever, and if you're a private lender and you're looking at someone to invest money with, on the opportunity matrix, there's two things that you need to think about is the person and the deal. So first and foremost, or the company, right? The person or the company, you're going to vet that person and that company thoroughly before you even start looking at the deal. If that person checks out, boom, you're on to the next step. And then you're looking at the deal. But it's like if Warren Buffett came to you guys with an opportunity, would you even question looking at the deal? Yeah. No, because you vetted the fact <laughs> that this... Right? No, Warren, like, I'm waiting, buddy. On, um, me, ba- dude. I'm, I'm waiting. Right? So it's like you immediately, this guy's got credibility, you know you're on to (laughs) reviewing. Yes, see, thank you. You're on to the next part of reviewing the opportunity, whereas if it's some Joe Schmo off the street, you're going to vet that person a little bit more closely before you even think about looking at the opportunity. So making sure that if you are a private lender, think of two things, the person or the company and the deal. Make sure they have credibility. Make sure they have testimonials. Go through an interview process. You are interviewing someone just like you would do with your financial planner. Do it with the person that you're investing your money on. This is a big decision, and you got to make sure that you have the necessary safety nets in place to protect your money.
3: Yeah, hey, uh, I love
1: it.
0: Quick, quick, quick question on, on, on that. The only thing I have remaining to ask about making sure somebody's not shady or not, are you going through and Doing a background check on them, if if you if everything else doesn't feel comfortable, I mean, is that is that acceptable practice?
1: I would say anything is acceptable, right? Like this is one of those opportunities where, um, what you go to Yelp, right, and you look at your financial planner, and if something doesn't feel right, then you might do some further investigating. But my my feeling is, um, don't listen to your gut, obey your gut like there's a lot of those feelings where you're like "Mm, that feels a little weird but i'm gonna still test it out anyways if you ever especially when it comes to large amounts of money like that have concerns and don't feel that this person is answering or meeting your needs then you should probably move on to the next one
0: yeah i love that i love that i love that and that applies from all sides by the way we we oftentimes get people who say, yeah, you know, this guy i met, whether it be through our site or, you know, in, in person and they've got a deal or they've got financing or they've got this. And I don't know. I'm just not sure. I say a hundred percent of the time I say, if you're not sure, move on. Yep. Don't, don't ever, ever try to jump through hoops to get into bed with somebody that you're not sure about. Move on. Find somebody that you are sure about because your gut is usually a great director of what's right and what's wrong. And listen, sometimes your gut may be wrong, but you just saved your own backside yes. potentially if they were not an okay person to, to, to get into bed with. And so I, I literally, I, I cannot press upon this enough. And I know, Brandon, you'll probably agree with me on this completely. If eh. something just doesn't feel right, <laughs> Move on. Yep. Move, Move on. on. Don't force something.
1: Opportunity is always there, right? It's, yeah. it, it will always be there. People will always need your money. So if someone hasn't answered all of your questions, and one of the things that I always ask when I leave one of those meetings is, is there any question that you have that I haven't answered yet that would make you feel a little bit more be- feel better about this process? I like and that. if they're like, you know what? No, you, you were great. Or if like, you know what? I, and then you just continue on in that process and help alleviate their concerns. But if you're a private lender, don't force a square peg into a round hole. If it's the right fit, you'll know. Yeah. And
0: if you're an investor, don't get into bed with any lenders that are, again, feel shady or anything yes, like that. I I mean, bet because all there's a lot of those guys out there and you got to watch your back. Yep. Yep. Right on. All right. So I'm
3: going to move, I'm going to shift gears over to a new part of the show, a new segment we call Brandon's Selfish Questions because he has some questions for you, Matt. So, uh, number one, we'll get a jingle. This right is there. not a new part of the no, show, by <laughs> the way, we, we've been <laughs> oh, doing man. this for
0: 166 episodes. And right.
3: you know. so I'm going to throw a bunch of questions that you could, that are, that are completely related to me and probably about three quarters of our audience who are trying to build up a larger real estate business. Right. So like I'm going to take a nap yeah go ahead Josh all right <laughs> we got this now we can talk about them so did I tell you how short Josh is <laughs> oh. oh you're back, He's you're back. His head uh, Wow. okay so here's my question I want to just throw a bunch of little, like really quick questions at you first of all who answers phone in your company when the marketing uh, comes in
1: with all leads mm-hmm. yeah who's I answering answer, I answer the I answer the leads I'm still answering leads
3: okay so you answer the phone leads and then you do you filter them through like a paperwork do you have a computer program you use how do you, what do you yes. do from there
1: Yep. Yeah. So we have an initial intake sheet um, that gets all the basic stuff. It gets over to my assistant, gets put into our database and then follow up calls, um, evaluations, appointments. That is our next step. So my thing is, is um, I am confident in how I script with people. And I'm also confident in getting a better idea of how I can find what their motivation is to help them meet their needs and get that appointment getting face to face for me is always the most important thing because I enjoy building rapport with people and I feel that's the best way of closing, closing the deal.
3: Perfect. Great. Okay. So you get this call, it comes in, you start kind of running the numbers. I'm assuming you kind of decide if it's even worth investigating, right? How do you do that in, in like in a quick way? I'm assuming you don't go look at every deal you get a call on.
1: No, not at all. So immediately, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of property radar. I use property radar just to get my basic metrics on the property. Um, and then, I mean, I've done enough deals now where once I ask the the questions of really I want to know about the condition of the home and any of the big ticket item repairs that they think might need to be done based on bedroom, bathroom, and square footage, I pretty much know on a – high end what my rehab budget's going to be unless there's something major that I'm not taking into account so I can back end into my deal actually while I'm on the phone with them at least in a range and yep. when I one of the questions that I'm always asking is um, how much would you like to sell your property for or do you have an idea and if they're telling me, you know, 400,000 and I'm back ending into 250k then I immediately know I'm probably not going to be one having the conversation of getting them a cash offer it's going to be more retail and two I'm going to try and set an appointment for it to be a retail appointment instead of um, a, a fast cash sale appointment.
3: Okay. So the guy tells you you're, you're thinking let's say 250. He says I don't know, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe 300, maybe 250. You're sure, like you're in ballpark already. So then you set up a time to go look at it. Who goes looks at it? You.
1: It go m- myself, contractor, intern. Okay. We get out there. I want to expedite this process as much as possible. So I want to pack it in, get as much information as we possibly can to give at least a solid underwritten value in what we could offer on the property. If they decide to accept it, then we'll go further with due diligence inspections immediately. But um, for me, it's myself, intern, contractor. Why did the you intern? Make- yeah. yeah, why the intern? Because I'm looking for my replacement. And I oh, want to <laughs> and and nice. empower someone else to uh, learn this process like I did so i want to get them out in the field i mean the you know the only way to truly do a lot of this stuff is you can read about it in books you can read about it on bigger pockets all day long you also have to go out and implement and yep. and, and use the knowledge that you're getting so um, that's one of the things i am all about experiential transformations and by doing that on site gives them that real experience of uh, being able to mastermind and talk about how to improve systems and do all that kind of stuff so being okay. on site is important for me
3: All right, cool. So then you make an offer. Uh, Let's say you get to the property, you look at it, you're like, yeah, this is about what I thought. Do you make an offer there in person? Do you email it over later? Do you mail it to them, call them on the phone? How's that work?
1: Yeah, you know, if I feel like I have heavy competition, I'll bring a contract with me. Okay. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not a used car salesman. I don't like pressure tactics. It's just not my style. For some people it works like, hey, you you sign this on the hood of the car and you get it done. Uh, Or you put a 24-hour cap on it. For me, it's just not how I operate. And uh, I might be losing out on some deals that way, and I'm okay with that because that's just my style and the culture of the company that I'm trying to create. If the value's there, if it makes sense, and they want to do business with us, um, I try and make up for ways of providing the entire experience as being a massive value, not just the offer itself but the entire experience. So um, I, I usually do it. We go back, and we'll evaluate We'll get them an offer, a breakdown, and do the uh, phone consultation for discussing what the next steps would look like.
3: Okay. I have two more quick questions. Um, Next one is, do you have an estimate on, uh, let's say you go out and look at 10 properties. Do you have an estimate on what percentage or 100 properties? What percentage are you getting uh, under contract that you actually look at?
1: Yeah, I would say for our conversion for about every 40 to 50 properties, I'm getting about two accepted.
3: Okay. Th- that you actually physically drive to. Yep. So you may be one out of twenty.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm big on protecting my time, right? You can and yep. that's where I talk to my agents a lot about this when they're working with investors, you can spin your wheels all day long looking at deals. You have to get good at knowing what the good deals are and where you're gonna spend your time. So yeah. um, I I'm heavy in doing due diligence up front and asking the right questions because if you don't ask the right questions and you get out there and then they tell you X, Y, and Z, and you're like, "Oh, well, that just freaking blew the entire deal for me. I'm not going to waste my time anymore." Then you just wasted a bunch of time driving out there, gas. You could be doing that on higher income-producing activities for generating other leads. So um, my conversion's a little bit higher because I'm vetting my deals heavier. So twenty and one, and twenty to twenty-five and one is about my. Yeah, my conversion.
3: You know, what I love about that is, and this something I talk about all the time on BP. I think of everything in terms of a funnel, right? So that's why we asked you several times in this discussion. You know, what kind of response rate do you get in the email? I mean, on the on the direct mail, and then out of that, you know, how many are you making appointments? How many of those get into contracts? Like, it really becomes very mathematical in that you can look at this funnel, and
0: I love that. And he knows I, his business cold, which which yep. is key, right?
1: Well, that's the beauty of real estate. I had one mentor say, "If you're not keeping score, you're just practicing." And I Ooh, sure I like as heck know, I want to be a professional, not an amateur. So in order to find out where you're winning, where you're losing, where you need to revise, you need to keep track of your metrics and you need yep. to know. Because if you want to scale up or you want to scale down, it's just a numbers game. And that's why I love real estate is let's remove the emotion from this yep. and let's let's play in the black and white and make decisions based on that. And at the end of the day, you can sleep knowing that you are making it off of factual decisions Instead of gut or emotion or you know some of the other things that stray us from making intelligent choices.
0: Yep. Hey, so so Brandon, I'm, I'm cutting off because you're going to go off on I some. I got one more, but it's okay.
1: no, I was going to I was going to add to what he said. You're
0: going to tell a story nobody wants to hear stories. No, story. I, listen, Back I say, when I was a boy growing up in <laughs> Podunk, Washington. You I'm know, still I, a boy. I, Come on,
3: I'm, I'm still a boy. I'm. 30, yeah, you're. Right? Is that still? Far from, a boy? I was going to say I actually tra- I have a spreadsheet where I track number of phone calls, or number of direct mail letters sent out, number of phone calls that came in, number of uh, appointments set, number of yeses we received and the number yep. of deals closed. Every we week I track well. that. Yeah, and I, it's such a good way to see that five part funnel. And track every bit of it week after week and see where you want to improve. You can improve a little bit on each one. You can pick one to focus on a month or whatever. I love that.
1: Yeah, and I'll let Josh continue on. I call that, Brandon, is that's your your air game versus your ground game because a lot of investors get stuck in the ground game where you're in the trenches and you're just trying to run with the business instead of working on the business. So it's important to, by tracking your numbers, you can get in that air game a little bit more and start moving the pieces and actually play the game of business versus just being in it all the time. Yeah, Yeah. continue.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, I've been blessed to answer all the questions. All right. So my 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 final question in in the. This is Brandon's world segment. Yep. Is, I like that Brandon's uh,
3: world. Ooh, that could—that's the new segment right there. <laughs> oh,
0: for crying out loud! It's like Boy Meets uh, World, but it's Brandon's world. It's the same damn thing. <laughs> okay, the, go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you talked about uh, being able to vet the deals. Uh, I was just curious. You, you know, you said you have your questions. Um, I would love it if you can really quickly, if you're open to or and know them, or if you can pull them out somehow. What are the questions? If you get, uh, yeah, there you are. Yeah, let's. Throw throw them out really, really fast. Just gunshots.
2: Pop,
1: pop, pop. Immediately. Is there any particular... So I get their name information. I... I you know, confirm bedroom, bathroom, square footage, the basics, right? And then I'm immediately going to what's their motivation. I want to know what their motivation is right away. So is there any particular reason you're looking to sell at this time? Oh, well, you know, I live out of state and, you know, so they start sharing about why they're looking to. So that gives me immediately the opportunity to go, that's their motivation. If forever, some reason we get off track, I'm going to go back to that motivation and help them realize why they're selling. Then I say, how, how quickly are you looking to sell? So How fast do I need to navigate this conversation? Do I have time? Do I need to move really fast? That will help me understand a little bit you know, where they're at with motivation as well. What are you looking to sell the property for? That's like one of the most important questions that people don't ask when they're vetting a conversation is they get so excited they got a deal or they got a phone call and then you don't ask these questions, and then you get out on and he's like, Yeah, I want $450,000. And you're like, whoa, this is worth 250 and as is, like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You know what I mean? So that's an important question. Is that price flexible? So seeing if Ooh, they're I in like the that. mind if they're in the that's mindset of are you willing to negotiate on that price, or is that your end all be all? And then um, how did you establish that number? You know, oh I looked at Zillow or you know, Redfin told me that it was worth five million, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then that gives me an opportunity to handle that objection depending on where they got it. And then what are you going to do if this property does not sell? And then if they Ooh, say, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to sit in the property for another year. Okay. So they're not highly motivated like they really said they were. So those are kind of a quick snapshot immediately. And then I'll go into any repairs needed, talk about the big ticket items. Um, but that's like, that's my big, my big thing that I focus on every conversation is motivation, motivation, motivation.
3: I love that. Nice. I'm actually I just yep. typed that in because I I want to ask that question. I'm going to cuz I have an intake sheet too. I'm going to yep. add that to it. What are you going to do if I don't buy this? I, or if it doesn't or sell. Or if it doesn't sell. Yeah. I love that. Yep. I'm going to Yeah, you I'm weren't really actually
0: that. actively listening there but the-
3: <laughs> close enough. All right. Yeah, I love that. Um very cool. Very cool. Uh by
0: the way, this is the first show that we've recorded in like 3 or 4 weeks. And so I'm, 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 I'm kind of feisty right now. I love now. It. Yeah, I, <laughs>
1: This is my. Ah, kind of ah, this is a new yeah. thing. Josh being feisty is a new what? thing.
2: Weird. Okay,
1: <laughs> hey, you Matt. know, there's there's fun in trash talking. You know what I mean? Especially if it's with your brothers. You, 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 I can tell you guys condition serve it. So.
0: There oh, you yeah. go, there you go. I love it. All right,
3: my final question before- go back to uh,
0: height and <laughs> religion and I don't
3: know, <laughs> everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last question before we hit the fire round, and we won't call this part of the Brandon's World section, but I'm just curious, how many hours a week do you work? I want to start asking people that more often here on the podcast, because yeah. I'd like to get an idea of that.
1: Um, I'll be the first to admit I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed addict with work, um, sure. but it's in spurts. So, um, I sleep maybe five hours a night and for me, um, cause I have a couple different companies, I spend a lot of my time in real estate investing, but it's really important to me to empower my people too. So I spend a lot of my time during like the mid morning, um, working with people. The other stuff is on the business. So I'm working, honestly, I would say probably 60 hours a week, maybe okay. give or take. Um, But when I work hard, when I work, I work really hard. When I play, I play really hard. So I drop off the face of the earth, and you cannot contact me. There you go. Cool. I love it.
3: All right. Well, hey, let's uh, shift gears here, move over to the world-famous Fire Round.
5: It's time for the Fire Round.
4: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind, flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. netsuite.com
5: slash biggerpockets. netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure
4: Transactions own multiple businesses. Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access them all from one centralized login. Okay, I'm just I'm going off script here. That is cool. It's annoying that I have to log into ten business accounts with my current bank. So go sign up for RelayFi because that's a, that's a feature that I like. No monthly fees or minimums, and it takes just ten minutes to sign up. Head on over to RelayFi.com/slash/BiggerPockets for stress-free banking. You can join me because I'm heading on over there right now. I'm heading on over to RelayFi.com slash bigger Pockets Relay is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by ThreadBank, member FDIC. The Relay Visa debit card is issued by ThreadBank pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. and may be used everywhere Visa debit cards are accepted.
3: All right, the fire round. These questions come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, and we're going to fire them straight at you, Matt. Are you ready for this? Let's can do it. handle it? All right, uh, number one. Okay, good. Number one. Uh, how does one split the profit with a partner? Like, what's what's a reasonable amount to split if I'm going to do a flip and split
5: it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for a lot of people, it depends on how much money you're bringing to the table and who's doing what. I think getting clarity on that partnership, I've been in a couple of different partnerships, and clarity is by far the most important thing. So, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. If someone's funding the entire deal, I'll do a 50 50 partnership with them. If someone is you know, doing project management on one of the deals that I've brought everything to the table to, I'll cut them off a small piece of the profits, 15 or 18 or 20%, whatever it may be.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. Next question. What are some creative ways to generate leads in a competitive market? I mean, say you're in a market where everybody else is, you know, hitting up the the lawyers, everybody else is uh, marketing to the absentee landlords and the tired landlords, you know, you, you got any magical tricks up your sleeve that you're going to reserve for when the uh, stuff hits the fan and there's you know you're oversaturated? We got too much competition up there in Jefferson.
1: <laughs> Jefferson, that's just a weird ring. Uh, <laughs> Throw me off there. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing right now that we're looking into is um, you know Facebook is is just taking over the world and it's becoming uh, it's becoming the Google of how people are searching to get their information, their resources, their news. So uh, one of the things that we're working on right now is, uh, some Facebook campaigns that will be educational tools for getting people into these funnels through either webinars live or recorded that will help drive them back to our website. Um, but at the end of the day, it's value, 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 and you get people into your funnel by adding value. And and that from us, that's, um whether it's probate attorneys or divorced attorneys or it's someone facing foreclosure or short sale. We're just using a different medium of getting in front of them now and getting them into the funnel.
0: Fantastic. I love that.
3: Yeah. I think I think content marketing, you know, that's a term that is used a lot in the internet marketing world, but in it, what it basically means is you just produce good value out there, good education, good material, where then people just start to recognize your company. So if, I do I do a terrible job of this right now, but I really want to do more of it. Is you know, like I would love to do a post called the top twenty hiking trails in Grace Harbor, Washington, right? Because then people all share that. Has nothing to do with real estate, but what it does is it gets my name. You know, Harbor House Buyers out there in front of every single person in my area. Like nice that's plug. content marketing. Thanks. You like that. I don't yeah, think I've ever actually brought that that's up. That's good. my new com- That's my new company right there, Harbor House Buyers. You like it? I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's got a ring. Right. It's got a ring to it. All right. Next one. Uh, what is your least favorite investment strategy? That's a Ooh, good question. I've that, never that heard that. That one you've asked. done. Yeah, that you've done. Damn. What's your least uh, favorite? Actually. Oh, okay. Mine so blown. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this was not in the forums. This was directly asked to me today by my buddy Jaron Barnes. He said, Brandon, what's your least favorite investment strategy? And I thought, that's a fantastic question.
1: You know, uh, it is a fantastic question, and I don't know. If I have one, to be honest, I, I think at the end of the day, whatever the scenario calls for, that's the beauty in real estate investing, right, is there are, there is no one right answer. There's many different options, whether that's subject to or mortgage wraps. I mean, all kinds of different creative options. I mean, there's so many different things that you could go into. So I don't really have a least favorite one because at the end of the day, they all provide a solution for someone. And there's opportunity for everybody to win, and that's that's what I see in a lot of at least the stuff that I'm doing right now. And mine's you know with a lot of motivated home sellers, but um, investing strategies that I don't like, I don't have one that comes to mind.
3: Okay, cool. What about you guys? Answer. I would ask ask me that everything. (laughs) When, when he asked me that question, I sat there and thought for a minute and I said, I think I would actually say a lease option, but not in terms of buying it with a lease option, but in terms of selling. And I said, only because when I, when I sell with a lease option, I get a hundred phone calls from the lowest common denominator person. Mm. Um, even worse than tenants, worse than, I mean, I get from the absolute worst people in my area, like the really, like the unemployed people, like they all seem to be attracted to the rent to own. So that was my least favorite. It work it works okay. It just, I got a lot of phone calls I didn't like.
1: Yeah,
3: so that nice. makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, last question, Josh. Oh,
0: oh, we're not on the famous four. We're not. What's your
5: problem? Are, oh, I'm not actively <laughs> listening. I he was, like,
1: He's not no active. Signs on me and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I was doing my famous four. Um. All right.
0: Fire round question. Last question. Uh, should beginners look at turnkey properties for their first buy and hold property? No.
1: no. Why Ooh, not? Why? Um. My it so. This is the the question is should beginners look to turnkey for their first property? Yep. yep. And my outlook has always been go do the when everybody else is zigging zag. So if everybody is, you know, beginners are always being told just go do something that's easy right out of the gate, get your feet wet.
0: Is that I how like we say it? it?
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sticking to it, all right? And my my Philosophy is go do what's hard and what most people don't want to do, and you do that, and you'll be able to handle anything under the sun moving forward. So my first rental has been uh, was probably one of the biggest nightmares, and everything else now I know exactly what not to do, and all of these challenges that I faced, um, I'm much more equipped to handle those in a much more timely manner and avoid those situations on any of my future rental properties.
0: Fantastic. That's great. That's great. Thanks for actively listening. You're welcome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, Josh, it is time for the world famous. Famous for. All right. These questions we ask every single guest. And so we're going to throw them at you right now. Number one, do you have or what is your favorite real estate book? Josh is holding up my book. Thanks, Josh. Good to know you like my book. Uh, What's your favorite real estate related book?
1: Uh, my my favorite was the ABCs of real estate investing. That was Ken, Ma- that was, Ken McElroy. Yep. Yeah, I mean that was the very first book that I really read that helped me just get a grasp on what the investing landscape looked like, and it was a really good foundational piece to start building up um, in different niche areas of investing. But it gave a great yeah. broad landscape, you know, picture of what to expect when you're jumping into that.
3: I bought awesome. my apartment complex because of that book. Like, I read that book the next day I got the apartment complex. I mean, started, I found the deal and well, they found yeah, me. Awesome. And yeah, that book was that was huge. So cool. Josh? Awesome.
0: Yeah. Let me jump in here. Uh, Are you actually listening? I, you know, I was just, you, <laughs> you guys were, were your having hair? a moment. You guys were having your a moment. Makeup? And We uh, having a McEl- McElroy moment. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys had a moment. Okay. So uh, my my next question. Business book, what what is your favorite business book, or right now, what's got you excited?
1: I got an extensive library. I would say my my favorite one that's been in line with where I'm at right now in my life has been Essentialism.
0: Essentialism, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Essentialism has been great uh, purely from the respect that as a serial entrepreneur, I have you know, like many of us do adult ADHD and we want to do everything. And it's really helped me hone in on what is my end goal and vision for why I'm doing what I'm doing and making sure that when I'm saying yes, I'm saying yes to the right things. And I'm also saying no to the right things to make more time for the right things in my life and um, getting a little bit more comfortable with a graceful no and how to say no to people, how to remove myself From the emotion of some of these decisions, but it's allowed me to really gain more counterbalance in my life. I don't believe we're ever truly balanced, but it's helped me um, gain clarity on the important pillars of my life, which is my daughter, my wife-to-be, and um, empowering the people in my organizations to have opportunity and growth and just having fun. And that's that's been um, a really big thing for me this last year was instead of trying to please everybody and do everything is go deep dive on a few things that I'm great at and um, then expand deep to deep dive. There we go. See, I set you up, man. (laughs)
0: I got the book called Deep Dive right on my desk here. I'm your Segway oh,
1: segue nice. King over oh, here.
0: That was awesome. <laughs> and Essentialism by Greg McKeown. I okay. have heard that mentioned a, a few times. I, I probably much. need to go pick up a copy. Matt, have you read The One Thing? I have a
1: question. Yeah, so I, I know Jay on and yep. um, Gary Keller's obviously been a mentor of mine as well. And are, you Keller,
3: are you a Keller Williams agent?
1: Yeah, so our team's okay. at Keller. Yeah, okay. and that very similar things. Um, yeah, those,
3: that's, why those, I, that's why I
1: ask. Those books align uh, in a big way. And I love I, what, what Jay's doing. I got him coming yeah. on my podcast here in the next month. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Month. And I know yeah, you Jay, guys have had him as well, haven't you? Yes,
3: yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We love Jay. He's awesome. So cool. Um, Josh, next question.
0: Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> Active oh. listener. Uh, well, I'm just waiting for you to not hijack it again. So, Can I say uh,
1: that you guys are honestly my favorite interview? I've been on a handful of podcasts, and you guys are just freaking awesome, man. I love what you guys do. I appreciate Thank that.
0: Thank you. It's Abbott and Idiot. Um, so, Can I be Abbott? I don't know. Like, yeah, figure it out. Uh, uh, hobbies. What do you do for fun, Matt? And Uh, Brandon Brandon is not an idiot. Brandon is just like one of the greatest people on planet Earth. he is, and he's amazing.
1: (laughs) I love, uh, yeah, I love what you guys are doing, man, and the the community that you guys have built is amazing. Um, for for you know, activities that I love doing outside of real estate is, um, I love to travel. I love mastermind. So I'm part of a a travel mastermind group called Go and um, I've been in that uh, from its early.
3: Few go abundance people on the show. I think how uh, yeah, how so. Elrod was. Yep, yep
1: Hal's and, a good guy uh, and he's part of the another group. One. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some amazing guys from all different landscapes that really are just um, intentional and consciously moving towards becoming a better version of themselves every day. So it's not just wealth based. Um, it's all about being a better father and friend and leader. Uh, business owner, having fun, having great health. So for me, I that, that those pillars really are how I kind of live my life, and I like to do activities that are in alignment with that. So traveling, um, bucket list adventures, spending time with my family. I love hiking outdoors, um, and I just like connecting with really awesome people. So my podcast is about studying people that are operating at a high level in their life or business, and, and that's really where I enjoy spending a lot of my free time is learning. I'm a student of life.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yes. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh my last question. Anyway, so yeah, I was <laughs> don't hijack this. I got this. All right. My last okay, question. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you think
3: what do you believe sets apart these successful real estate investors out there from, from those who give up? They fail. They never get started. They're scared. They're fearful. They're crying. What what separates the, the successful ones from the everyone else?
1: Yeah, so you said a key word in there is uh give up scarcity mindset, you know, a lot of the things that keep people from moving forward. And I always say that really consistency is the key to success, you know, consistency and being willing to pivot, I think have been um, the two important things with what I've been doing is, you know, I've, I continue to fail on a daily basis and I'm totally cool with that. It's just great feedback for me to figure out what my next steps are going to be, but I'm going to be consistent with my work ethic, I'm going to be consistent with my attitude. I'm going to be consistent with my values and my integrity. And so if you can find like what that consistency formula is for your life, it allows you to show up in those spaces every single day at a really high level and life rewards the people who show up every day. And Ooh, so, that's a good quote
3: right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, opportunity will continue to present itself if you show up, you know, and that's half the time you hear about people saying, Oh, I got lucky. No, it's just because you were there and you were plugging in and you were showing up and you were doing what it takes. So, Consistency, uh, resilience. Obviously, having thick skin. I mean, we all have that drunk monkey in our head where we have those days where, like, you can't do it. You know, you're stupid, or you don't have enough money, or you're not going to find the deals, whatever. Right? A
0: drunk monkey. I love that.
1: <laughs> and and I think that with with the mindset,
0: Brandon is this, my drunk monkey. And
1: the resilience. <laughs> I can just picture him like hanging out on your shoulder over here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, you know, I think resilience to the challenges that entrepreneurship have. um, If you're consistent, if you're resilient, you have the right mindset and attitude, you will be rewarded. I love it. I think it's
0: great. So, so, Matt, this, I. we we say it a fair amount, but you know, it, it's been a while. <laughs> we've done a lot of shows. This I believe is show one sixty six. Actually, this is show one sixty-six of the Bigger Pockets Podcast. <laughs> Check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show one sixty-six and Matt will be there to answer any questions for you. Uh, but uh, I, you know, this this has probably been one of my favorite shows we've done in a very, very long time. It's uh, it's on. been awesome, very motivating. Uh, very concrete. Lots of amazing details. So thank you so much. Uh, before we let you go, um, I, I just want to say like, I, I think what's the coolest for me is, you know, you started the podcast telling us kind of what an F up you were. I mean, you, you know, you were this guy who just kind you
1: know, like, of, oh, <laughs> oh,
0: you know, you got booted from high school, college, you know, all sorts of, you know, uh, bad things that you were up to. And you're like, oh, you know, you got that kick in the ass that you needed and really got focused and, you know, you, you got a serious head on your shoulders and, and you know, it, it sounds like you're building an incredible business. So kudos to you, uh, you for doing that. Kudos to you for the transformation and, you know, for all the people who are like, oh, you know, I'm just a screw up. I can't get anything right. You know, I, you know dare, I say, dare I say, dare I say. Matt at the, can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Hair club for men. I'm not just a – no. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it, it just takes that dedication – um, to uh, to to change, it takes that dedication to say, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop screwing around, and and I can make it happen." W- would you agree that that's probably a fair assessment?
1: I mean, you know, the the quote of uh, your past doesn't have to equal your future is something that I live by. Um, yep. You know, you don't don't need to let that determine what your future looks like first and foremost. And yep. at the end of the day, I'm you guys, me, millionaires, whoever it is. We're all human beings. Like, we are all ordinary people. But the difference between those living at a really high level and not is they've set themselves on an obsessive, you know, passionate, courageous journey to live an extraordinary life. And so we all have that same opportunity. And I, I know what you guys are doing and how you're empowering your community is we all have those same resources and opportunities in front of us. It comes down to you within what's inside you. It's a choice that I made to you know be convicted to where I want to go. And I have my weekdays. I have days where I cuss and get angry and mad. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to show up better than I was the day before because I'm committed to that.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. And he drowns the monkey in his head. So, uh, <laughs>
1: all right, last question. Where can people find out more about you? Um, you know, my main uh, connection point would probably be Facebook, which is uh, Facebook backslash Maddie A. And um, you can connect with me on there. I'm on Instagram. Um, but those would be the two best places to always reach out to me. And I love connecting with people all over the globe.
3: Cool. Awesome. And you have a podcast coming out. Are you coming out, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, we do have a podcast coming out. Uh, it's called The Millionaire Mentality. And it's it's basically debunking the idea that you have to be a net worth millionaire to live a millionaire lifestyle. And we can all live intentionally and aware in our life to design what that legendary life looks like for us. But at the end of the day, it's about becoming and embodying that mindset and those characteristics and traits in order to go out and achieve that life at a high, high level. That's, That's awesome.
0: awesome. Cool. Matt. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it, fellas. It was a pleasure, man. You guys are awesome. Hey, right, thank, thank you. you. We'll See you around. Take care. All right,
0: guys. That was Matt Atchison. Amazing show. It was epic. That's definitely amongst our top five or ten shows of all time. Yeah, it was incredible. I love it. I I, mean, I love the shows that
3: we just get really deep into, like how do you work your business? Why do you work your business? I mean, like yep. I love that stuff. It's great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, if if you guys did not get anything out of that show, uh, congratulations—you are a mega millionaire—and you probably (laughs) don't need to listen again. No, I mean that it was awesome, and uh, Matt did a great job, and uh, we definitely appreciate his time. So, big thanks to Matt. Otherwise, yeah, man, welcome back. It's it's nice to have uh, you—you know—back back. back Thank you. uh, Back stateside.
3: Hey, Josh, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Okay, if your life was a
0: book. Oh don't you can't What would the title of said book be? I gotta get some bigger pockets. <laughs> That's the
3: title of your book. Okay. It probably is probably the title good of book. title. Okay, you, good can't, you
0: can't do that. I just
3: did it. I took your and question I, I, that you I, wanted I, to ask.: You can't, you can't do that. by the it. way,
0: I asked that we asked that question to every interview, every interviewee who comes uh, to to try and get a job here, yeah. and I will tell you that that is a stunner. That, that question, like people stop in their tracks, like, whoa. And then they're like stone faced drool falling from their mouths. <laughs> and then like three or four minutes, they're like, Oh yeah. Um, uh, I should have been a butterfly or and something I, else.
3: I hope that they, they chose that book title. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. speaking of hiring, if you guys are interested in a job and you want to work for the greatest company on planet earth, check out biggerpockets.com slash jobs and you can see what's available right now.
0: Yes, we are. We are definitely hiring for lots of different positions and, uh, yeah we'd love it Cool uh, some submit an application so that's it. that's it, you guys. thanks so much for listening as we talked about in the upfront uh check out the video podcast on iTunes. you know if you're listening uh to to us on on regular iTunes, please leave us a rating review if you're on Stitcher, leave us a rating review. You know we definitely appreciate the feedback uh that that definitely helps uh if you are are, are not already a member of our community, please jump and create an account on bigger pockets there There are thousands of conversations happening on the site every single day which is incredible I am absolutely humbled by the volume of activity happening on bigger pockets and the amount of business that's that's getting done uh, if you are not engaging uh, if you just went and set up a profile and disappeared you are a thousand percent missing out actually we just did say, study. Yeah. oh go ahead yeah we uh, Dave our, our our growth manager just did a a study and found uh, this you know extremely strong correlation between those people who are, are active uh, particularly on the forums and those people who uh, have a ton of uh, profile views and and you know why does that matter? Well, profile views mean people are checking you out they 're interested in you, your business, and they want to find out more they want to connect with you they want to potentially work with you so if you want to build a business, if you want to build your brand in real estate, the formula is really easy. Get on bigger pockets. Get active, engage, connect, offer value. Don't just put out nonsense, but literally help your peers. Offer value. If you're a newbie, ask questions. You know, uh, help out where you can. Welcome new members. Doing this uh, is going to help you get more visibility on our platform. And you know, with with we're getting close to 500,000 members to interact with. And millions and millions of people coming through the site. Uh, there, there's no better place to get exposure for yourself than, than Bigger Pockets. So uh, jump That's on. True. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's do this. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing off.
3: You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype,
4: If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and BAM!